So I shot really well on the uh, on the basketball court today. <laughs> so so you shot really well on the basketball court today. Yeah. So and I was saying like, okay, so so the league is it's like a bunch of people that aren't you know they don't know what the fuck they're doing. So there's like me and this one other guy on my team are like good, but the guy the other guy wasn't there today. Mm-hmm. So it was you know a lot of this was was hanging on my shoulders, and uh, I one game we lost twelve ten. And then the other game we won eleven nine. Ones and twos. And ones and twos. Okay. And we were the second game we were down six to nothing. Ooh. And then I subbed in. I like I tried to do like the Lou Williams off the bench kind of thing. <laughs> like that's a good That is that's a good move. That is a good move. And so I did that and I came in and I just you know, you sometimes you just get the hot hand and the the outside shots opened up the paint a little bit, and, you know, the outside shots were falling, the inside shots were falling, and we stormed back and, uh, and won. Wow. And I think that, and I, I don't know, you don't quote me on this, but I think I scored all of the points. Wow, Sound, <laughs> sounds like it, it was just me scoring. Sounds like it was a real party for one out there. the song we're doing yeah today <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> i'm sorry that was that was the worst that was, that gold. was, that was a golden transition right <laughs> golden there. transition right there so today we're doing uh carly ray jepson party for one yeah yeah then uh. the, <laughs> the, the theme song comes in <laughs> I like that. So recently, you've been like singing the theme song. You're like, ah, put it in here, and I'm like, okay. Yeah, that's that's just my signal to to how to how to do it. Just I mean, it's good. <laughs> I'll be honest. Like in our in our early early podcast days, but as if that this episode is that far <laughs> into the entire yeah, endeavor. we're now we're, we're way beyond those early days. You know, we're in, this is number what? 12? This is number 13, 12. This is number, like this? Episode number 12. Who would have thought wow. we'd make it this far? I mean, I mean, I did, but that's just, I, <laughs> yeah. You and I both have a sort of stubborn persistence about things. It's like, I'm going to keep doing this regardless of people like this. Yeah. Cause mostly I, I prefer they don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> what's the, what's the saying? All publicity is good publicity. So, yep. Yeah, but no, today we're doing uh, Party for One by Carly Rae Jepsen. This, I think this is the lead-off single on her latest album. Yes. I think actually the last time I was in San Diego, I pushed this song on you and Julie. You, you did. You <laughs> did. You were very adamant about us listening to this song and liking this song. Yeah, so. this, song, this song rules. <laughs> the, the question, so, but the question is, does it wh- slap? Does it Yeah, maybe it rules. But but we need to find out if it slaps. Right. But what do you like about it? Let's start there. All that right. So accusatory. I apologize. You know. <laughs> it but, did, but it what, do you like <laughs> it what do you like about it? It is not very accusatory. Yeah. What do you like? Like, give me the you know, sell me on it. Give me the pitch on on the Carly Rae Jepsen. I feel like she is an internet darling. Mm-hmm. Uh, weirdly, among the left. Yeah. So here's here's why I like this song, and I actually would venture to guess this is why folks among the left are fans of Carly Rae Jepsen, is music aside, one of the conversations that you and I have had is that people should demand more of their pop music 
and that pop music it sh- should engage with emotions and feelings and life experiences in a sincere and interesting way and in a complete way and i think carly ray jepson more often than not when she has a, it's a pop song yeah it's a pop song it's bubbly it's fun you can dance to it party for one is not any exception to that it is an upbeat it is a fun it is a catchy song musically but the Mm -hmm. lyrics themselves i think do a better job than most pop songs in engaging with very real human experiences that connects with a large number of people and that's why i really like party for one and i would say and and i'm not uh, I, I listened to her, the album Emotion, a lot, and one of the things that always kind of stuck out to me on that album is how she was willing to sort of be honest about her flaws and things. Like, right. you know, there, there's a lot of, there are a lot of pop singers who it's, it's all marketing, it's all branding and things like that, and I felt like a lot of her music is very much just like, hey, this is who I am. There are things that I love about myself and things that I don't love about myself. And there are things that there are there are points in a process for a relationship that I'm not through with yet. Mm -hmm. A lot of her songs are about dealing with the ending of a relationship and being okay with the fact that it's not a real that you're not over it or it's you, you don't have closure or something like that or that. You know, the sort of ambiguity about whether the relationship itself is a real thing. That's one of these things that these these experiences, I mean, breakup songs, we've done a number of breakup songs already on the podcast. Or And I think it's so rare that pop musicians actually engage with the real nature of the human experience. And I wonder how much of that is because Carly Rae Jepsen really didn't blow up, at least worldwide, uh, in the United States and, and Canada until she was like in her mid to late twenties versus blowing up when you're a teenager or in your early twenties and you haven't actually dealt with or figured out how to cope with breakups or relationships or just being a human being day to day. Mm -hmm. And if you have that kind of experience of maybe getting a little older and processing some of that stuff while you're not famous, I do think there's a certain amount of, becoming famous stunts your growth a little bit and right. it becomes a little more difficult to figure out who you are and how to have real human relationships or at least he real human. I mean, the relationships they have are real. They exist. They are with humans, right? But they are not, they are atypical of the types of relationships that their listeners are going to be having. Exactly. And so I think that might be why so many people connect with artists like Carly Rae Jepsen is she writes from a, an experience that, and that I think it might be because she was a little older before she realized her celebrity that she's able mm-hmm. to at least draw on those very real experiences of processing emotion either before, during, or after a relationship and what that, what those feel like and what those would seem like to other people. Right. All right. I'll buy that. <laughs> all right good because uh i don't know that i'm gonna be able to re-articulate that any better that's <laughs> yeah, fine you want you want to talk about this song then let's go ahead and get into this if you didn't know that you were right for me 
then there's nothing I can say. Tried to call you out to spend some time to see, but somebody's in your way. I think in this case, so we're we're in some sort of love triangle is what Carly is setting up, or at the very least, she has a love interest, but this person is infatuated with somebody else or involved with somebody else. Well, we don't know that it's somebody else, right? It's somebody is in your way, and that somebody could be... So like right yeah so there's there's the the narrator and then the the subject mm-hmm. right and so the somebody could be the subject the somebody could also be the narrator like i am in your way I, it's it's something fundamentally about me that you are not interested in or it could be a third person yeah it could be a third person it could yeah it's i mean it's, a lot of people get stuck in their own in their own heads and i think you know that's this is something that we see i i think is happening increasingly in our society and our culture is we get in our own way of our own happiness in some cases. I mean, I think there's lots of actual structural reasons and structural things that make us unhappy and keep us unhappy. But at the same time, it's those things drive a certain level of depression. And it's hard to connect with people when you're depressed. And it's hard to develop romantic relationships when you're feeling you know, not good about yourself or not happy right. with yourself. Mm-hmm. We've talked at length of what those things are that drive that. So I won't belabor the point. But yeah, I mean, I think you, you, you definitely, I think you're right. There is a situation that could be somebody else, like an actual other individual person, or it could be an internal struggle with that person that the narrator is talking about. Right. All right. So, all right. And then try to let it go and say, I'm over you. I'm not over you. Which I like, right? I like, like I like the idea of, look, look, I, you know, uh, I am trying, I know that the right thing to do is to be over you, but that's not the reality. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying, but it's just not, I'm not there yet. Exactly. And, and that's, and that's, I mean, that's something that happens. I, there's not a person that I know that hasn't gone through this where you think you're over somebody. And I mean, I've had this happen where I feel like I'm over a relationship and then I run into that person. And all of right. those feelings come rushing back. And it's like, okay, yeah, I'm not actually over that person yet. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying. But I'm trying. Uh, yeah. and, this, and, this is- and it's so weird, right? The idea of trying. Because really what, what getting over someone involves generally is just time. And yep. the idea of trying to get over somebody, I don't know that that's even a thing that you can do. Right. I mean, I guess you can sort of like you work on yourself and you distract yourself and you, you know, throw yourself into your own passions or whatever. But ultimately, there's nothing you can do. It just happens when it happens. Exactly. You know, there comes a day where one day you're taking a shower and you think about that person and you can't even remember their name. And it's Uh like enough time has passed. You're when you can't remember the person that broke your heart's name, like then you're over that person. Like, well, and, I mean, yeah, it may happen before that then, to, but you need to, you know, forget their name. But <laughs> yeah, no, I, I like, mean, yeah, when you think about them and you just go, OK, I'm like, I'm good with whatever transpired. Right. Like, yeah. I'm I'm good with leaving that in the past. And I'm and I think a lot of it is just like being OK with your life as it is. Mm-hmm. Right. Just like sort of coming to terms with that, because that's the thing that, at least for me, every time I've been like sad and depressed about a relationship that has failed generally it's because i'm not it's not necessarily about that person it might like i might think that it's about that person but ultimately it's about i don't like where i am in life and that person represents 
something about where I was in life that was better. Exactly. But so we get into the which, cor- the, the which gets us into the chorus. Which gets us into the chorus. And this party and, for and, one if you don't care about me. Yeah, exactly. Party for one if you don't care about me. I'll just dance for myself back on my beat. And I think that's that whole idea. I think this is a song about radical self-care and radical self-love. And I mean, and contrast this with so much of the stuff that particularly is on the the radio most often, not just today, but from and any pick any period. There's always these songs about I'm only happy because you're here. Right. You complete me. You are the thing that that binds me to this world. And that's actually a very unhealthy way to approach relationships. Exactly. Uh, yeah, it, like, party for one, if you don't care about me, I'll just answer myself. There is this idea of I was intertwined with you in a way that was probably not healthy for me. Mm-hmm. Because you shouldn't ever have, your relationships shouldn't really ever feel like you're not able to dance for yourself. Exactly. On your own beat, right? Like, like on some level, like, yeah, you're going to want to dance with people, but then you should always have the sort of wherewithal to know whether you're you're sort of dependent on them exactly whether whether you're creating a codependent relationship with them and i think more often than not i mean particularly i think it's more common in your in your early 20s or mid 20s and you know there are people who are older who get into these really kind of toxic codependent relationships but i think as you get older you kind of mature out of that or at the very least you can say to yourself that I need to look after myself and I need to practice my own self-care and be happy with who I am. And instead of relying on somebody else to create that happiness for me. Right. All right. So I'll be the one, if you don't care about me, making love to myself, back on my beat. So really quick, party for one, I'll be the one. That's a nice little, yeah. right? There, there's, a, there's a good internal rhyme scheme there that works really well. And then party for one is fun, right? Because it's all the, like, party for one, it's, it's a play on words. Mm-hmm. But then I'll be the one, like, I now have to rely on myself, and I will. It's a statement of, of purpose. It's a statement of will. I will be the yeah. one if you don't care about me. That's fine. You don't need to care about me. I will be the one that cares about me. And again, this is, this, I think this is why like, this hits on, like, why I like this song so much. This chorus in particular is, is a pretty radical statement for what you tend to see on pop music and in pop music that's played on the radio is it fosters this notion of these codependent relationships that we've been talking about. But this is coming out the lead single off of her new album. And it's all about taking care of yourself and believing in yourself and your power to make your own self happy. Right. But it's also about the difficulty of doing that. Right? It's not this just like bland Beyonce independent woman kind of shit. It's just like it's like no, I'm going to do this, but the struggle to do this is very real. Like exactly. I am trying very hard to be the one that is okay with p- dancing for myself and getting back on my beat, but at the same time, it's always every single line has something like if you don't care about me or mm-hmm. you know, you don't want my love. If you don't know, if you didn't know that you were right for me, there's nothing I could say. She's always going back to this idea of 
the thing that's making me angry is the rejection. Exactly. But I know that that means that I need to be the independent woman, but that's a struggle and that's a process. Yep. Rather than just, oh, well, all the single ladies are out here having a good time or whatever the <laughs> fuck it is. Yeah. You know? this, is a, this is a real song about the process of trying to come to terms with being on your own yeah. and dancing for yourself. Or, to put it more graphically, as she does, making love to yourself. Yeah, <laughs> and, and that's a very <laughs> as, as a side note. There's a I uh, there's a I highly recommend if you haven't watched the music video that you do so because there's a wonderful wonderful scene of this like elderly woman and she takes off her robes and she's got lingerie on underneath. And then she starts tooling through her suitcase and pulls out the longest dildo I've ever seen. <laughs> like Gabe, you've shown me this music video like six times. <laughs> have I shown you this music video? <laughs> yes. Yes. We watched it like a million times when we were <laughs> when we were in my All right. House. Well, you know what? Every time we hang out, we tend to get a little drunk, and that messes That's with true. my short and long term memory. That's, true. <laughs> That's fair. All right. But, but yes. The 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 old woman does pull out a dildo and that is funny. It is very funny. I mean she dances with it. It is a She dances with it. it. Really it's a party for two in that case. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean again, so the song back into the next verse is juxtaposes this struggle with the radical self-love with the once upon a time I thought you wanted me. Was there no one else to kiss? Was it all a dream? I let myself believe. I'm not over this, but I'm trying. Yeah, she's back to this. I'm not celebrating, right? I'm I'm not having fun on my own. I'm actually kind of brooding over this. I'm sad about this. I'm still trying to process this shit. But I also know that there's this pressure for me to be young and fun and single. Mm -hmm. And... That's what's so interesting about this song is that these the and the music does this too, where the where the chorus is very much a party anthem. Yeah. Right? And it's very catchy and you can sing along and everyone's having a good time. But the verses are like kind of sad and yeah. kind of introspective. And the music is doing something similar underneath that to to sort of capture those those dual perspectives that she's trying to negotiate yeah and i and i think let's be honest like that's how it works when you're recovering or dealing with the end of a relationship is you i think you do go back between this depressive state and then this you know what if not defiant i think there's maybe a certain am amount of defiance but it's like you know what i'm going to take care of myself i'm going to love myself and then back to the like, oh, that kind of depression of thinking about that person and the sadness that comes along with it. I mean, you cycle through right. it. Right. Right. It's, it's the maybe partying will help. And then you get home at the end of the night and you're like, no, not really. It, it, yeah. it, it, was, a, it was a band aid for a little while, right? It, it numbed me for a little bit. The, mm -hmm. the going out, the partying, the drinking, whatever. But now that I'm back, you know, on, in the real world, now I just sit here and think about it, you know? And it literally, I think about it as if it were a dream or a fairy tale, right? Once upon a time, was it all a dream? It's now it's yeah. this thing because it's just this memory now. It's not even a real, it's not a real experience anymore. The partying is now the real thing. And the, the fairy tale is the sort of banality of the relationship. And I wonder how much of like the, the backing vocals in this verse is 
maybe this kind of statements, but also internalized thought processes that are happening. You know, mm-hmm. was there no one else to kiss? No one else to kiss gets repeated. No one else to kiss. Yeah, she's she's brooding on it, right? Yeah. Like she, she, it's like she can't stop thinking about it. She's like, what's the word when you're like when you're like hyper focused on a thing and you can't get your mind off of it? Isn't uh, you know, uh, you know what I'm talking about when you're when you're like dialed in on something? Yeah, like like fixated. I oh, guess, fixating. Yeah, when like, you're fixating yeah. on something. Yeah. And yeah. that's what she's doing. Was there no one else to kiss? No one else to kiss. I'm not over this. I'm not over this. But I'm trying. Yeah, it's, you know, I'm trying. But there's these these thoughts that are, and I, I actually think that's, that's, uh, that's what's going on here with these, with these backing vocals is that this reiterative thought, these, these repetitive thoughts are coming into her head and making her dwell and fixate on this, as, you, as you're pointing out. And so again, we so we go from this you know party anthem chorus into this kind of very depressed and sad second verse. Now we're back into the chorus, right? And there's and there's there's a small there's a couple of small changes here that happen in the second chorus. So what are the what are the small changes? So when you go in the second half of the the first stanza of this of the chorus is if you don't care about me. You don't care that I'm is the backing vocal right. comes in. And then again, so and it's like, if you don't care about me, you don't care about me is the backing vocal in the second second part of the, the chorus. Okay. So I think these, okay. these thoughts come in again. So I think it's now you have this situation of, uh, and it's a very cool structure of this sadness of the verse in some ways is starting to penetrate these positive yeah. moments. Yeah, it. it there's there's these fragments of the depression seeping in, right? Now the chorus is, it used to be this big anthemic fun party thing, and now that it's, you know, you don't care that I'm. Right. You don't care about me, right? Like, there's these just these little snippets of the of the brooding and the fixation that comes back in because, and, and that's such a relatable thing because I've definitely been in situations where I was like, you know, I'm going to fucking go to Vegas and go to the club and just drink and party and, and try to get over my ex. Right. And there's always those little moments where you like see someone, they kind of remind you of them or something like that. And then you're like, Oh God. And then you're back into that iterative thing. Mm hmm. Just briefly. And just enough to kind of fuck with you for the rest of the night. Yeah, just enough to make you super depressed for the rest of the <laughs> yeah. night. And, you know, I've been in the situations where I have started dating somebody new before I was over my ex. And then something happens and it draws me back to that. And it's so unfair to that other person, too, because you and it was it was particularly when I was younger. I was like, okay, I'm going and it's selfishly using another person to get over your previous ex. Um, Yeah. You know, maybe that person's okay with it. Maybe they aren't. Uh, but in a lot of ways, it, you end up treating that person unfairly in a lot of ways. And w- I think when you're younger, unknowingly, and hopefully even when you're older, unknowingly, <laughs> but like, otherwise you're just a raging sociopath. <laughs> right, right. So then what I like about this song, though, is the end is the sort of, you know, the Hegelian synthesis yeah, because well, so be- we have be- before the- we get there, I oh, yeah. I, I want to bring up the uh, the bridge is so you have this kind of breakdown where it gets 
you know, you drop a lot of the music and and she's like repeating almost this like mantra starts getting repeated yeah. to the back on my beat back on my yeah. beat party for one because you don't care about me back on my beat and it's just this very stripped down production and it's i feel like that's the building there's just like this internal turmoil that's happening and we're building right. is it to you our... don't care about me or is it back on my beat right like which of those two things is gonna win you know it's the it's the wolves that are warring inside of her and which one is she gonna feed is she gonna is she gonna get into the back on my beat thing or is she gonna fall prey to the obsessive you don't care about me thing and so then i think we break into our hegelian synthesis here right because then it gets then the back on my beat wins out right Right. it's back on my beat back on my beat party for one back on my beat back on my beat like she just like she's just hammering that home now like no that's the thing that i am going to take away from this yeah and i think that's that's what makes this such a cool song and i think this is what you know, pop songs can do this. I mean, this is what's so disappointing about a lot of pop music is that there is this possibility to engage and to deal with these internalized struggles that occur mm-hmm. with, between two humans. And doing, doing it in a way that is engaging with the music, right? Right. That is, that is not just talking about it very blandly, but incorporating various aspects of a pop song into this sort of, you know, jagged pastiche of something that when you can look at it and think about it, you go, oh my gosh, that's that's really cool. Like, that's really interesting that she was able to take these various sort of, you know, all of the building blocks are sort of just basic pop song stuff, mm-hmm. right? Like, not, not, she's not doing anything that's, like, amazing. She's not, like... You know, she's not doing some crazy time signature or, like, wailing on the guitar or anything like that. It's all very much, like, she's not, you know, she's standard <laughs> pop song shit. She's Yeah, she's yeah. not becoming, like, fucking Frank Zappa all of a sudden. Yeah. But that doesn't matter because she's able to take those little building blocks and build something really interesting and unique out of it. Yeah. And I, and I want to say this, that, like, you know, as we don't necessarily need to be so groundbreaking or unique when trying to convey the human experience. It is okay to take the building blocks of pop music or of punk rock or of rock and roll, take those tropes that exist for the underlying music and production, but then connect in a sincere and earnest way with the human experience. Yep. And so much of what we get today is not that. And I think that adds to this increasing sense of alienation that people feel. I mean, the fact that for people literally make memes about killing themselves or being lonely or all these horrible emotions. And I think it's because part of it is a cult, our culture doesn't provide a way to authentically engage with interpersonal feelings or even our internal feelings. No, our culture is more interested in selling us things to alleviate those feelings. Right? Or or just selling us things that that end up exacerbating those. Exactly. Feelings. It doesn't they don't we don't have a culture that like really cares about people's emotional growth. No. 
Well, because I mean, a fully emotionally healthy and grown adults aren't good consumers. Like, you know, right, right. Uh, uh, the American society and American economy totally depends on this lonely, alienated mass of people that are trying to fill holes with products and consumption. Yeah, and look, you might not be in the PL, PLRX or the P90X or the you know, DRY. Please but tell me there is a P90X working, caucus. Yeah, there's a, there's a P90X uh, this, working group. I think it's they the just, Swolitarian. just work out. And <laughs> they're arming their, their guns for the class war. Yeah. And they... But you don't need to be that as long as you're sort of working on yourself and working on the analysis and, and working on what is it that you can contribute to this society and what is it that you can be proud of morally in your life. That's enough, right? Yeah. Like that's that is itself a radical thing. Exactly. I mean, it, it, it's this whole idea of that loving yourself, being comfortable with yourself because capitalism has and American culture does produce people who try to sell that to you. But they try to sell right. it in such a way that it is that they want you to be happy with living within the culture that has already produced the sadness and emptiness that you're feeling. So right. it's this, so it's a beautiful trap they're building, right? Because they're like, all right, well, you are coming to me for this help and this alleviation of your loneliness, and I'm going to give you the tools to make you feel as though you are no longer lonely, but then I'm going to send you back into society, the society that has already produced those feelings, and then you're going to end up in this vicious cycle. Maybe you feel good for a little bit, but then you're going to come back and you're going to buy more shit from me and more of my stupid right. seminars. <laughs> and yeah, it's it's a classic, you know, addiction model. You know, we and we've talked about this a lot of the idea of if you can keep selling someone the thing that causes the problem and acts as a solution, that can perpetuate itself indefinitely. Exactly. And that's what this is. Yeah, so, Darren. Yo. Darren. Party for One by Carly Rae Jepsen. Does it slap? Yeah, yeah, it does. I think so. Sure does. I think does. it's catchy. I think it has some good, good shit to say. It's interesting. It doesn't, it doesn't go crazy with anything, and I like it, you know? I, I like listening to the song. I like the weird music video that you showed me several times. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and uh, send you a link to that music video again. Yeah, I'd like to see it <laughs> one more time. Um, yeah, I mean, this song definitely slaps. It, for the reasons that we've it listed, but at the very least, it's authentic. Yep. <laughs> Next time on Does It Slap, we'll be talking about The Curse of Curves by Cute Is What We Aim For. You can find Does It Slap on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, shit, just about everywhere. Did you like what you just heard? Well, share it with someone, just one other person who might also like this episode. Word of mouth is still the best way for us to bring leftist music commentary and criticism to as many people as we possibly can. We'll even consider it your praxis for the day. 
Follow us on Twitter at Doesn't Slap Pod. Our theme music is provided by the patron saints of Slap, New Junk City. Find a link to their band camp down in the episode description. Our cover art is done by Jeremy Hammond. Find him on Twitter at Jeremy Thunder. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time. Boom.